Hello and welcome to Punta Vista, episode 259. I am Ben, and I'm here on the set of the eight-episode ABC digital-only comedy TV show, The Like Generation. Where a diverse group of 20-somethings living in the inner city explore the ups and downs of finding love, finding a career, and finding a trendy new brunch spot to take Snapchat selfies in. With me is the actress who plays Ella, a quirky graphic designer by day and raging boyaholic by night. She's a little less interested in finding Mr. Right than she is in swiping right on a cute hunk for a one-night fling. But don't let her devil-may-care attitude to relationships fool you. Ella has a heart of gold and would do anything for her friends. It's Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Hi. That's so me, what you've yeah. just described. It's absolutely me. It seems... Okay. Uh, and I hate to interrupt the flow of this already. I don't know if this is just on my end, but Tom's... I'm back now. Thing has, <laughs> I thought you were just drinking from your water bottle for a straight like he was two drinking minutes. No, so much water. <laughs> no, the way that worked was. I was like, "Fuck me, Tom's thirsty." I heard Ben say, uh, oh, "Welcome to an episode of Bunta Vista," and then immediately everything froze. <laughs> so I was in an introduction. Fantastic. Um, so you missed all of the the part of the me introducing. Yep. The setting and the introducing yeah. Lucy. Yep. Yeah. It's probably not important. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Actually, I think maybe if we do your introduction uh, without context, that might be better. Okay. Also with me is the actor who plays the Grunter. The <laughs> Grunter oh. is a nasty, hoggish fuck that loves rooting and shitting. This character doesn't have any redeeming features at all and no other interests or passions. No job, no birth certificate, just an unbridled passion for doing roots and taking shits. <laughs> the grunter is completely off the grid as far as the government is concerned, and he doesn't have any friends or family. He drove them all away because of how much he roots and shits, <laughs> and how unpleasant he is. <laughs> Plus, he smells like absolute shit. If the grunter's not shitting or rooting, he's noisily planting his next root or shit while smacking <laughs> his lips and squealing. And if that's not enough, he's racist. That's right. <laughs> The Grunter, so filthy he can't be shown on the program unpixelated, has some pretty fucked up views about people of colour, and he expresses them inarticulately but very loudly while rooting or shitting or both in nearly every scene of the show. It's comedian, Twitch streamer, actor and theatre sports athlete, Tom Walker. Hi, Tom. (laughs) I can't believe you would describe me as something as disgusting as a theatre sports athlete. Go take me back to the rooting and shitting. (laughs) Is that the terminology? I was trying to think of what you call someone who does... It's a loser. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. I believe the terminology is big loser. Um, Theatre sports winner? I presume you probably won some theatre sports contests. You just don't say it in polite society. You don't refer to it. You don't... Anytime someone has has supped from the cup of short-form improvisation, the polite (laughs) thing to do is kind of sweep it under the rug. Behind closed doors, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, I think uh, this might be... Ben Jenkins's greatest downfall is that he's very fine with admitting on Free to a Good Home when guests come on that they've previously done theatre sports together, which is quite funny. <laughs> yes, I and it's I would love to to stop that pipe. I would I would yeah. love for that info mate to stop getting out into the world. But yeah, that's well, a bit late now. Me and Ben went to the same school, and the reason we did theatre sports, well, the reason I did theatre sports was because it was listed as a winter sport by accident, I think. And so it got me out of playing rugby, 
which was good because I have a very high center of gravity and no will to win. Like I was, oh. I like the idea that they felt that they had to honor that. Like, oh, well, we did promise all the weird kids that they could like yell over the top of each other instead of getting fit. I think it must have been like a mercy move to thin the ranks of un ungradable kids for the rugby teams because like you weren't missing out on any you know any star players with us out of there we got like they added in circus as part of it to make it more sports like god and so we were doing like juggling and fire breathing on school hours (laughs) jesus there was one they just they want you to get bullied, I think, maybe. It was incredible. Yeah, the plan? It was like an after-school extracurricular of, like, three hours of taping a kick-me sign to your back. <laughs> in, just, and just trying to get the calligraphy as flowing as possible. But now you've got all those skills. You can juggle and fire-breathe. Oh, the great thing about fire-breathing is it's um, just putting, like, terps or meths in your mouth and then spitting it out, which is kind of a natural reaction you would have. Yeah, it seems like the the training there should probably be around avoiding the part where it goes wrong. Mm. Like, what do they just don't dribble? Don't what if like you swallow a little it? bit? What if you just have a bit of terps? Turns out it's fine. Is that and actually, upon? more of it would probably be even better. And now we're in party mode. <laughs> you ever I- seen those videos where people just like fuck up drinking flaming shots? No. And, like you could see fire through someone's throat briefly. Oh. Oh no! They're very unpleasant. Oh, I'll probably I, I'll stick with non non flaming beverages for the now. Just liquid for me, thanks. <laughs> On fire or no? <laughs> I'll take regular. I'm being very boring this evening. Oh, sorry. To get back to the, it's wonderful to see you here in um, the 2032 slate of MCU releases. There it is. That, Great. That's a good enough guess. Okay. The Grunter. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Grunter. Marvel Extended Universe. People have been yeah. craving the Grunter. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this the other day, how like the whole MCU thing is kind of now built around being like, oh, at the end we did a post-credits reveal of, and it's like some obscure character no one gives a shit about from, you know, like 90s Marvel comics. But yeah. like no one's read them. Like the, the target audience isn't, people that are like mad about the comics they're just people that are mad about the movies which that's is like, what i don't get it's not directed at huge comic book nerds anymore you can make it's up just new for guys. guys just like guys that you've met that just like love going to marvel movies you know they don't know who the the bat man is you don't have to put <laughs> fing fang foom in your marvel <laughs> movie you could put the grunter in there a lot you of could people put the grunter a lot of people do know who the batman is lucy i don't know about that one <laughs> soy facing when i see the grunter in the post credit scene <laughs> Holy fuck, turning oh to your girlfriend. He, he does rooting and shitting. Yeah. <laughs> that pixelated blur. Finally. audibly <laughs> shitting. Oh, it came it's out. The They're doing a... Oh, fuck. They really compromised with the studio. They're doing a PG version of the Grunter where he just pashes <laughs> and pees. This sucks. <laughs> it's actually satirical, though. It's very self- self-referential. It's actually kind of poking fun at the studio system that means you can't have a racist yeah. guy that shits oh, Taika Waititi's <laughs> grunter is actually really cool. <laughs> yes, a guy who only <laughs> roots and shits and has no government ID. I Fuck. No government ID. That's a pretty sensational character. And you know where else we go to find out about... Oh, no, I've started doing the wrong segue. 
I was because so it's from the confused. mirror, I thought this was going to be tabloid phenomenon. Wow, that guy should go and see the doctor. It's time for paging <laughs> Dr. Lucy. Shit. I miss Andrew. It's not as easy as it seems, is it? It's the old paging Dr. Lucy theme. <laughs> I'll leave it. It's trash. Dump it. Can the podcast. Oh, man. This is a story from the mirror. Woman says there's no rest as partner gets 100 erections <laughs> erections each and every day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. That is not your problem now, as the... That's not... You're no. not obligated. No. And at that point, also, they're not usable erections. That's just like a, <laughs> a chapped bit of meat that's kind of stiffening a little. That's like a twitch of a dead fish. Come on. You don't think he's getting like a strong, a strong erection every time? Uh, I think the fact that you can count them as 100 erections and not like he's erect for most of the day. If it's just like up, yeah. back down, up, back down. Yeah. That's a, it's an odd bonus situation. A woman said that her boyfriend gets up to 100 erections every day in every situation imaginable, and there's nothing she can do to curb his rampant libido. We should be so lucky. Hmm? No, cut that. Cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Vicky Brown, 31, and Lucas Martins, 39, met in a Morrison's supermarket during the COVID lockdown in 2020 and instantly hit off. (laughs) During the supermarket in COVID lockdown? Meet in Morrison's. Now they're in a committed relationship. They live separately but see each other often, but there's a catch. Vicky says, quote, There's no rest from Lucas's constant erections. She said that anything can set him off, and he can be aroused in any setting, whether it's at home watching a film or out doing the groceries, and now she's at her wit's end. Okay. Those two are very horny settings that you've chosen there. I really like the phrasing of... uh, a hundred erections every day in every situation imaginable. Is she going to space? <laughs> and is he having an erection there? I can imagine so many situations. Ah, so you say when the horn of Gondor sounds that you will be in the throes of one of your tumescences, will you? Will your chainmail be poking out just far enough for an Urukai sword to find the gap? Wow, delightful specificity there. Vicky, a healthcare worker, said, quote, from the beginning until now... Whenever we are, from the beginning, sorry, we are, all of her, every one of her sentences has so much weight to it. Why does she speak like this? From the very genesis quality. of the universe, <laughs> from the dawning of our relationship, Vicky until and the Lucas present genesis. Day, he's hard as fuck all the time. <laughs> it's up to fifty to one hundred times a day. Quote, we only have to be sat watching a film, walking down the street, or going to friends for a coffee, and he's got an erection. Sometimes it's embarrassing, but he just laughs about it. Imagine your friend coming over for a coffee, and he's just erect. It's so bad. You're walking through the front door, being like, it's so lovely to see you guys. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sweeping all the ornaments off of your your tables. (laughs) Try to get past someone sideways down the hallway. Oop! 
It's all right. Watch out for that. Actually, easier for me to go front ways because of my because <laughs> my because of my my penis situation. Because of the very large erect penis that well, we don't know the size, but we can only guess. Vicky had previously been single for a number of years after ending her relationship with her children's father when she met Lucas. The couple from Stoke on Trent met when they were both in Morrison's during lockdown in 2020, and Lucas called Vicky beautiful after seeing her in the queue. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Love it when guys come up to me in Morrison's and say that. Yeah, I mean the hard on would have really Especially when they've got a big old heart. Yeah, that would have really helped (laughs) know he was genuine. (laughs) Pointing to the erection. (laughs) This is because of you. (laughs) You did this. Despite turning him down when he first asked her out, Lucas eventually won Vicky around and they ended up going on a date together. Oh my God. Since then, they've been together for two years and despite living separately, they see each other regularly. She says his constant desire for sex cuts into their own time, her her own time, and she struggles to keep up with chores and appointments while meeting her amorous boyfriend's desires. Despite mentioning the matter to a doctor, he has been told it's not a medical issue. It sounds like it is. <laughs> I mean, a doctor said it's not, so it's fine. Unfortunately, medically, you are just a straight-up freak, my man. You're crazy for poontang, it seems here. <laughs> you are too horny to live, uh, but I can't put you down because of the way that the laws are. Too horny to live, too beautiful to die. God bless that gorgeous <laughs> cock of yours, sir. Just an NHS oh, doctor saluting. <laughs> He says it's never happened before meeting Vicky. No. Yeah, isn't that romantic? Whoa. That's so romantic. Yeah. Vicky said, quote, We actually met in my favourite childhood supermarket, Morrison's. <laughs> you remember your favourite childhood supermarket? <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Oh, my God. The, your favourite childhood supermarket? I really looked up to Morrison's what? as a kid. It was so important for me to see representation <laughs> in the... Um, People who had a lot of cans community. I am just baffled by the suggestion that she has a different supermarket that's a favourite now, but as a child she loved going to Morrison's. Hmm. Must be some British stuff. She still shops at Morrison's now. That's how they met. Yeah. It's still her favourite supermarket. By the sounds of it. I was in my uniform with wet hair and a mask on, and as we were queuing up, he walked around the corner with a massive piece of fillet steak in his basket. Oh, my God. (laughs) I bet. And said, wow, aren't you beautiful? We got speaking, and I turned down three coffee dates at the start because I was so happy being on my own. Do you want coffee with me? Do you want coffee with me? Do you want coffee with me? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Go on. All right. (laughs) Did these all happen in the first meeting? He's made three date invitations and she said no. each other otherwise? Well, no. So, the end of the sentence. We would never have met unless we bumped each, into each other in Morrison's. That does seem to imply it was, I guess, the one time? This all happened inside the Morrison's. Well, they kept bumping into each other at the Morrison's. I'm starting to suspect this might be sponsored Morrison's content, although I don't know whether they want boner money. <laughs> it's for That's middle-aged women. They want to go to Morrison's and meet a guy that has a hundred erections a day. It's really upsetting to me, the idea of a 39-year-old man with an erection. You should be... <laughs> I like. I understand that. That's a... you should have a mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> you know what? You should have a four hundred one k. I need you to be more into investment. 
You shouldn't have a boater. You should have a second car. Yeah. Any blood that's in that thing should be a happy coincidence. I don't know. 39 is not... It's not that old. It's ancient. I, I, we're like the same age, right? We're like in your early 30s? I'm 25, 24. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, great. Yeah. You've got like... You reckon for you, you've got maybe six or seven years of fucking left and then you're done? No, I think I think my thing is I'm just... It's it's unsettling thinking of a 39-year-old man tucking it up under the waistband. Like in my head, oh, you're past yeah. the... Like in public. The no reason yeah, accidental boner. boners yeah. should just be like... Yeah, you shouldn't be like on the bus being like, well, I can't stand up at this stop. Yeah. Because everyone will laugh at my pinus. Yeah, that's unholy. You're 39. Mm. Yeah. You should have <laughs> you should have perfect boner control by the time you turn 40. Yeah, you should be able to <laughs> deftly blood bend the blood back to your brain so you can continue thinking about Proust or whatever it is that <laughs> I assume you start thinking about after 35. <laughs> I hope you get smart at some point. I can't. I, I reckon lot if I just wait, I'm going to be able to read Ulysses. Yeah. Just like it's going to tick over at one point, and I will be able to do it. And I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, it's got these heinous boners. <laughs> Through the whole relationship, he's always had an erection in shops, restaurants, the gym. There's oh. no rest from it at all. And I just wondered if any other couples are the same. No, I don't think so. This no. man needs to have the police called on him. I don't want to see a man with an erection in the gym. <laughs> I think he maybe needs some bloodletting. Like that he's, he might have slightly too leeches. much blood in him. He needs some leeches. leeches. Yes. Leech therapy an on English the problem with an English solution. We've got to leech this man. <laughs> <laughs> couple of dick leeches, you'll be able to go to the gym again. <laughs> In bed, it's the same. He can go to sleep with an erection and wake up with one. Even though he does night shifts, there's no change in it at all. Huh. <laughs> does anyone I'm, know what... I'm really trying to pass that one. I, I don't really understand what I'm she's... I'm not is she, sure. Is she saying that it's mystifying because he's, get, he's getting morning wood in the evening? <laughs> she's, she's... I can't say. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's every single place we are. We can be having a perfectly normal everyday conversation like, shall we go and climb a mountain next weekend? And he has an erection. Again, oh, yeah, I can that classic everyday yeah. conversation. This woman's life is suffused <laughs> with epic fantasy. Everything Would she you does. like to summit the Berg? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Maybe it's Vicky's fault. Why are you talking like that? It's a weird thing to say. Maybe if you stopped talking like an elf princess doing narration, I wouldn't be so hard all the time. <laughs> Uh, I can come down the stairs and walk past the glass door and be in the next room, and it still happens. Don't know about... Yeah. I've spoken to him about it, and he's always believed in good intercourse with his woman and wife-to-be. He says it will bring the relationship closer, and I do believe that too. He just wants me all the time. Hmm. Do you believe in good intercourse? Only with my woman and wife to be, but yeah. It also seems yeah. like I don't know they don't live together yet. So yeah. talking about the whole fiance thing while you're with this thirty-nine-year-old with the libido of some kind of I don't know, like teenage incubus. I know it seems <laughs> like she's shooting a shot a bit early. Lucas, who works in management, said, "Quote: It just seems to be natural." I've got a wonderful woman next to me. She's a goddess. She only needs to look at me and speak to me and I get hungry for it. Jesus Christ, pal. God. 
When we first started, I said I'm happy with one as long as we get on in all aspects. I said I'm happy with one as long as we get on in all aspects will be fine. And after a year, when most couples would die down, months and years go by, and we get hungrier for each other. Okay. Well, I don't know about we. Yeah. It sounds like you. Yeah. Yeah. She. It sounds like she's actually complaining to a national newspaper about. <laughs> How much you want to have sex? Literally contacting the newspaper, being like, my man is too horny. It's getting in the way of her chores. And her appointments. Uh Whatever those are. How many appointments have you got, really, Vicky? We ride to Durandil on the morrow. (laughs) (laughs) If that pheromone and testosterone just link together correctly, I can easily come to bed and look at Vicky and have an erection. I fall asleep with one and wake up with one. <laughs> I think if you've got a sustained erection for more than like an hour is where they tell you that you're you're like having a heart attack or an aneurysm, right? Yeah, like there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look into that. Yeah, priapism, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not good for you. I don't I believe think- he's seen a doctor and the doctor's just been like, ah, oh, no worries, <laughs> I diagnose you as... <laughs> A simp. <laughs> I diagnose you as normal, don't I? <laughs> and, I and I diagnose me as bloody jealous. <laughs> he just came back with a piece of paper with a handwritten note saying, this boner is normal. <laughs> it's like, well, no need to look into that any further. <laughs> it's unique and different, but it's because of the woman I've got next to me. To me, she is a goddess. She is basically a forbidden fruit, and for that reason, I just want to eat it. Why is she a forbidden fruit? You've been She's in a relationship for two years. I, yeah. You guys are already fucking. There's no forbidden fruit aspect to this at all. What he's saying is that they bone like they're cheating on each other oh, with oh each God. other. <laughs> I'm so mad. I we don't have a picture of the lady, do we? We have. Oh, I don't want a picture of, of this. Them. I don't want to see this couple. I, if you go to the mirror and search for 100 erections, if I go to the mirror. I'm going to see a handsome of- young man. <laughs> That's, that's really Who's nice. that? I'm pecking at it. Okay. <laughs> 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 Trying to kill him. Yeah. Uh, she, um, they're both. Oh, they're not ghouls. They're, they're not horrible. ghouls. They're not unattractive people. No. And yeah. They look British. I'll say that much. Which is a Take horrible thing for us will. to say, but it would have been worse if we had said they are ghouls. So know that we always could have been worse. Yes. Oof. Uh, in one of the photos, in two of the photos, he's sort of dressed like The Rock in that one photo where he's like a he black turtleneck yeah. tucked into bleach I gotta denim. i got to say, Vicky's all in. She's in leopard print. She's in the black lace. Yeah, she's yeah. really going for I don't it. Think... I don't blame the man. I don't blame him. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's certainly true. It's how she makes me feel. I've never experienced before how she makes me feel. Our bodies are so connected, and that is so easy. Fucking AI-generated text. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, you know, when you're around a beautiful woman, having a number of erections every day that makes it hard for you to be in public is only natural. It's time for Nature Corner. Country roads Nature Corner 
That uh, fidget toy you've got there, Tom. These are nail, nail clippers, drawer? nerd. Yeah, that was a little joke I was doing. Oh, um, good. Because it's a funny thing to be fidgeting with. Uh, I guess that's sort of more of a visual thing. From WCIA News in <laughs> Illinois Emu's on the run in Danville. Yes. Why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? <laughs> Too fast. There's no way to prevent this, says only country <laughs> where this regularly happens. <laughs> <laughs> Picture of the emus on the run. <laughs> Very sorry about that. Emus are on the loose in Danville. Vermilion County Animal Control, wonderful name, mm. officials said not to approach them as they will be aggressive. Animal control worker Hannah Houston said you have to, quote, tackle them and hogtie them. Okay, I'm getting mixed messages here on the approaching emus front. Yeah, I'm really quite curious as to whether she is saying this is one of the reasons why you shouldn't do it or if you do see one, this is what you're going to have to fucking do. She said, quote, they will use their talons to gut you with one swipe. <laughs> They're not a cassowary. Really? I They're not that crazy. They might peck true. you a little yeah. bit. <laughs> like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to fight an emu, but I don't. I'm not picturing the same level of disembowelment that you know I fear from the humble cassowary. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Ashley, the emu owner's fiance, <laughs> the emu owner has not been introduced yet. No, at this point. No, I'm just meeting Ashley right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, said the emus like fenced-in areas. Yeah, if I was. Engaged to someone who owned emus, I would say that too. Yeah, they love it. They actually really like being in here. It actually makes they you a good captivity. person to imprison the emus. <laughs> That's why Sometimes they're so angry. <laughs> I think about all those miserable free-range emus. <laughs> <laughs> I could cry. They're calm when they're in their pen, but they can run fast when they escape. Quote, if you chase them, they're just going to continue to run further and further away. Unfortunately... It's really hard to catch them where they're just in a large open area, Ashley said. As a Friday night, she said they have captured eight. Three are still on the loose. That must be why they hate being in wide open areas so much, because it makes them so difficult to be tackled and hogtied. That's why <laughs> they love enclosed areas, so, so they can be, have someone get the shoulder in and take them out of the knees. Ashley said she and her fiancé received a call at 2am on Thursday. Police told them they received a phone call from teenagers who said they were being chased by animals. <laughs> That's great. A couple of teens, Stranger Things style, running around town at midnight, oh. except they're being chased by a dozen emus. You're not going to believe this! <laughs> Genuinely, I would be immediately assuming the supernatural. I think I think oh, right? if I yeah, walk down 100%. a street at night and I turn the corner and I see silhouetted against a streetlight just a lone emu standing still and then it starts coming towards me faster and faster and everything about I knew about the world is gone. Like you think just on top of the fact that birds probably shouldn't be that large, yeah. you add into that mix the American education system. <laughs> you have no way of rationalizing this. No. You have no way of understanding what you've just seen. You think you've just found, like, some new god that you have to worship now? Yes. The first weapon of the emu confrontation is prayer. <laughs> the second, hog ties. Yes. I'm going to try prostrating myself 
before this creature had seen of this see if this See if this enjoys being worshipped. I know I do. If I build you a church, will you promise not to slice my belly open with your powerful toes? <laughs> when they arrived at the farm 30 minutes later, police saw a fence panel knocked over. She, uh, Ashley believes the people tried to climb the fence when it broke. Hmm. I... I don't know if the situation that she's describing is that some teens got into the paddock, started getting chased by emus, and then tried to climb over the fence panel to get away from the emus, or they broke it trying to get in there, and then they broke emu containment. I think Ashley's covering something up. I think Ashley drove through the fence. Ashley was trying to do an emu escape, and that's why she's the one talking in the news about this. Ashley is trying yeah, to just be right. a fiancé rather than the fiancé of the emu owner. <laughs> I'd so like true. to be introduced to a new story with my surname for once. <laughs> li- and my occupation. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> Ashley said when they are working to capture the birds, stay away and keep your distance. Too much noise can startle the birds, making them harder to catch and bring home. Quote, messages. <laughs> Leave them alone because they are huge, fast, and mean, said Houston. <laughs> Kevin Smith, Vermilion County Animal Control Officer, described the animals as scary. <laughs> You're like, you shouldn't be saying that. Grow up. <laughs> Why are you in this job then? Yeah. You know, hand in your badge and your gun. <laughs> Gun, 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 gun. The animal control county officers are kitted out like Neo walking into the lobby because of the varying sizes of animal they have to control. Quote, They're a lot like an ostrich. They're tall, long-necked. They have talons on their feet. They kick like a horse kicks, front and back, he said. Yep. I can't imagine a horse kicking forwards. Can horses kick forwards? I think that horses can only kick backwards. I mean, I trust horse... this guy. He's the Vermilion County Animal Control Officer. The idea <sighs> of a true. horse, like, teep kicking me is very un- upsetting. Just, like, raising its leg and then just, like, full-on front kicking yeah. me. Because I, swinging if I imagine... the leg backwards and then swinging it forwards. If I imagine yeah. a horse kicking me, I'm thinking, like, they're going for the crotch. You know, they're just it's just <laughs> raising its... its... <laughs> The leg in one straight line to ding me in the oh, dick. Man, you know that there's like a definitely triple digit number of people in the last, let's say, century that have been full on kicked in the dick and balls by a horse kicking backwards at full strength. Mm. Oh, that's heinous to think about. That would just turn your junk into paste. Yeah, it's going out the back. <laughs> it is. <laughs> The emus are from a retired state trooper's farm. <laughs> okay. I love America. America why is do great. you need these emus? And, and why is he not getting named? Why are you naming Ashley but not the state trooper who's escaped emus and terrorizing teenagers? Oh, what? that's just Ashley's husband. <laughs> what? Yeah, she's a star. You would know if you saw her presence. She lights up a room. What 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 do you what do you get from farming an emu? Eggs? What do you harvest? Do you eggs? get eggs. Yeah. Have do you, you seen that? Um, there's Surely. that the TikTok or Instagram star or whatever where she's like, it's, it's the this emu one, lady. The emu lady. And she's always doing hijinks with her emu. 
Mm. Where yes. I'm like, oh, this is cool. She does like sustainable farming and stuff. Why the fuck does she have an emu in America? Mm. You don't need that emu. I don't care if you can do reels with your emu. You probably don't need one. Get an ostrich. Just get an ostrich. Like, I don't care about emus because I think they're awful. And if I saw one, I would punch it so hard in the head. I don't think you would. You <laughs> don't mean that. Because I'd be scared. But I think about it when I'm in the shower. I'm like, oh, I'd fuck that guy up. You would not. It would Years be later. weaving around. <laughs> you would not have him. a chance. <laughs> I just... Like, Come on. You don't need them. Uh, we're not... We're not really getting like exotic American animals over here. You know... Oh, wait, so this situation gets <laughs> this gets complicated now. The emus are from a retired state trooper's farm. Houston, with a Vermillion County Animal Control, said that someone intentionally opened the gate to the trooper's farm, letting oh his cows God. and emus go. Hmm. The fiancé oh. said no cows escaped. Okay, we know Ashley's name now. This is what I'm saying. Now. Ashley's talking shit. Mm. Two different the, stories I'm hearing. The cows had learned helplessness. <laughs> but they were just like, the, the emus are like, peace, I'm out of here. The cow's like, oh, I probably wouldn't do any good outside. I may as well just stay in here. Oh, <laughs> That is how cows would talk. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they have had the birds for 25 years. Now that can't be right. How long does an emu live? Is this going to be one of those fucked up answers, like how parrots live for a hundred years? <gasps> All right. Emus of the wild have a life expectancy of 10 to 20 years, 35 years in captivity. There is a, there was a story uh, on the ABC in uh, July of 2020 about an emu approaching 60 years in age. No, I don't like that. That's fucked up. I don't That's like that. Why do emus have the secret of eternal youth? You know? What do they That's know that we don't? That's so weird. Oh, oh. The emus have escaped in the past, but normally stay close by. Ashley said she was surprised <laughs> to hear they were on the streets of Danville as well. Officials said one of the emus was hit by a bus. Running away. Finally, I'm free. Imagine being that bus driver and also the passengers on that bus. You're on the mega bus. You've been on it for 10 hours. He's like, woo, I'm almost to Danville. If you see an emu, contact Vermilion County Animal Control or the emu owners. You've why? You've not really named them. Do like you have a number for them? We just have Ashley, which is a first name, and then we don't have a name for the person that owns Maybe the Maybe Vermilion Counties is really small. Maybe yeah. Like, oh, Maybe Ashley. everyone knows this, and oh, they're actually avoiding the naming the retired state trooper because they're scared of him. I mean, that would not be surprising. Mm. As of July thirtieth, one emu is still on the run. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Get it, King. Owning that many emus in America for no reason other than your own Wait, gratification just, seems like I'm it so should be sorry, a crime. I'm so sorry, Ben. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can we mm-hmm. just luxuriate in the idea of an emu getting hit by a bus? Because I think the emu <laughs> is one of the funniest animals for violence to befall. Like, I was thinking about just tackling oh, an shame, emu and it? the, like, the tunk and then the paff of its body hitting the floor because it's all feathers. It's all feather. Yeah. yeah. 
podcasts. They're nature's greatest natural resource, and it's important that they're harvested sustainably. Editing, production, fart sound effects. These are all important resources from our local ecosystems. That's why we're asking you to go to patreon.com slash Vista and pledge five US dollars a month to help support the healthy growth of a homegrown podcast like Bunta Vista. In exchange, you'll get an extra sustainably farmed episode every week, access to our Discord, and a naturally pristine, promo-free podcast feed. Thank you for helping look after one of nature's most precious resources. Seems like owning that many emus in America should be a crime. It's time for Crime Watch. ghastly theme song it's and, not uh, my favorite theme tune <laughs> i feel bad for being the one responsible for putting it in this time <laughs> this is a new story from the niagara gazette arrest made in newfane cow dispute well that's good news <laughs> <laughs> the owner of an animal sanctuary who has been embroiled in a controversy over a cow and steer that wandered onto her property last month has been arrested and is facing a charge of grand larceny Pardon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much to unpack. <laughs> New York State Police confirmed Tuesday morning that Tracy A. Murphy, 59, the owner of Ashes Farm Sanctuary on Cooma Road, was arrested on the charge stemming from her refusal to turn over cattle that she found on her property on July 16th. I was going to say, that sounds fine. They came uh, onto your property. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. A cow just came to your house. How can doing nothing be a crime? Yeah. That was complete inaction. That can't be true. State police said Tuesday that a warrant secured following an investigation involving the SPCA of Niagara, the Niagara County District Attorney's Office, and the town of Newfane was executed at the farm sanctuary on Tuesday. Attempts to contact Murphy and her attorney were not immediately successful. The cattle controversy started when a cow and a steer wandered onto Murphy's property. A neighbouring farmer, Scott Gregson, Fucked contended... Fucked name to have. Yeah. Uh, Greg Scottson? Come on. Pick... <laughs> Pick yeah, one. Yeah. Contended that the animals belonged to him. Murphy refused to give the animals to Gregson, arguing that he needed to show her proof that he actually owned them. Totally fair. Not seeing a problem. Murphy later said that she believed she was owed compensation for housing the animals if Gregson did provide proof that they were his. <laughs> so good. Either way. Oh, you're their cow? That's your cow? Prove it. Uh, And if you do prove it, you owe me money. (laughs) It's a perfect crime. (laughs) Tracy, you were crushing it. (laughs) (laughs) On July 25th, Gregson visited the animal sanctuary with members of his family and state troopers and asked for the cattle to be returned to him. Murphy refused on the grounds that the police would need a warrant and that Gregson would need to have documentation proving that he is the rightful owner of the cattle. She then asked him to leave. 
In the week since, several neighbouring residents and farm owners have protested outside Murphy's sanctuary, carrying and posting signs encouraging her to return the animals to Gregson. That's so good. Like, from the name Farm Sanctuary, I'm assuming that's like an animal sanctuary, right? Yeah. And she's looking after, like, abandoned animals. Do you reckon she's, like, a just one of those, like, she doesn't like, you know, factory farming or, you know. I'm saying, is this a vegan woman who has been like, oh, they're mine now, bitch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to love those cows. I'm going to hang out with them and give them little kisses on the head. Oh, fuck. It's so funny to just be like, prove it. Prove that you, my next door neighbor, who let these animals wander onto my property, prove that you owed them. Prove they that could it's have your come from anywhere. What do you got? You got documentation? Oh, do you reckon? Sorry, I'm just having a look at the website. I'm going to mm. assume they've got socials pages. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I want to know if Tracy is litigating her side of the story at all. Oh, they've deleted their Facebook. That's a bad sign. They've deleted the Twitter, and they no longer have an Instagram. Oh. Mmm. Well, they probably there's probably farmers really mad at them. Oh, I think I'm actually 100% correct. Uh, their menu options are home, about, guided tours, and try vegan. Yep. She's doing direct action. That's great. By doing literally nothing at all, a she has saved... walked onto her farm, and she's like, well, it's my cow now. The perfect crime, except, yeah, it seems like she got she's arrested. She's in a lot of trouble. I don't know about in... grand larceny. Grand larceny America's makes it sound very up. dramatic. Petite mm. larceny, maybe. Just a tiny bit of larceny. Oh, she did steal two giant animals, I guess. But she didn't steal them. She didn't steal them. She found them. We love you. Shout out to Tracy. Yeah. Friend of the show, Tracy Murphy. Some of us dream of starting an animal sanctuary. Other people have different dreams. It's time, of course, for Balloonly Speaking. Ah, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Now, this isn't so much a news story as it is uh, a description of an experience, but um, this is a story from... Uh, the website Atlas Obscura, which, you know, they have that little the map where you go and it's a world map and then it you look at places near you and it shows you weird stuff that's there that you can check out. Okay. Uh, but they also do some, I think they call it like Gastra Obscura or whatever for food reviews. So this is okay. one of those. Got published this week. Aboard the world's first hot air balloon restaurant. Sounds like shit immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I don't want that. At all. I mean, if I was on a hot air balloon and you offered me, say, a cheese board, okay. It's a cheese board scenario. It's a charcuterie. Yeah, and this is a little bit more involved. Creating hot air balloon haute cuisine is the dream turned reality of Dutch master chef Angelique Schmank. <laughs> After 25 years of restaurant experience, including a 12-year run at the Michelin-starred De Crom Dissel, and several cookbooks under her belt, she found herself wanting to venture into new territory. Schmink had her eureka moment in 2003 when she saw a hot air balloon and realised, quote, a hot air balloon is actually a huge hot oven. I don't think it is. It isn't. Because it's, no. it's like helium in there, is it? Is that what they're burning? What's going on up there? No, I think it's just hot air. It is just air. It's just air? 
Yeah. In a hot air balloon, it's just air. In a dirigible or a blimp, it's a lighter than air gas, mm. I think. Um, but yeah, hot air balloons, the air is just heated up, which makes it lighter than regular air, I think. Excited by the opportunity to build her own restaurant from scratch, she called a hot air balloon company for help. Two weeks later, they hoisted a customised bag filled with fish and chicken to the crown of a balloon via pulleys. What? This is some shit that should be in a Dickensian novel called Professor <laughs> Bluglepants and His Fantastic Machine. <laughs> so she's literally cooking this stuff in the balloon. Yeah. Yep. The flame at the balloon's base brought the temperature to 194 degrees Fahrenheit, 90 degrees Celsius, an ideal heat level for slow-cooked meals. Okay. When the balloon landed an hour and a half later, Schmink removed the fish and chicken. Quote, I had tears in my eyes when I saw that it was perfectly cooked, she says. You can cook it also in an oven. <laughs> you weeping because you've pulled some fish and some chicken out of the crowd of a hot air balloon and it's done. <laughs> the successful trial run was the starting point of Collier, the world's first hot air balloon restaurant. Since her maiden voyage almost two decades ago, Schmenk has hosted about 50 trips each year across the Netherlands. It's a busy lady. Among the key advantages of her airborne kitchen are a cooking counter that hangs off the side of the balloon basket and a pulley system attached to customised steel containers that allows Schmenk to raise the food towards the balloon's flame and lower it. This is some shit from an overcooked level. I hate it. This is just... It's a bit much. It's a little bit much. It's a bit extra. God, I bet this shit is so fucking expensive. I bet it is. Her system needs to be efficient. On board, Schmenk has an hour and a half to serve three courses to ten people. Organisation is the most important thing, she says. Her kitchen is so well designed that Schmenk says she can find items blind. Guests receive notifications on where to meet mere hours before takeoff. <sighs> Collier uses 20 different takeoff locations to accommodate the wide range of flying conditions. Weather can alter landing times or how high the balloon flies, an especially important consideration given the, given the balloon's flame's dual function as oven and engine. Higher elevations require a higher flame, which means an increase in cooking temperature. Since the food that Schmenk cooks requires temperatures between 194 to 230 degrees Fahrenheit, she works with the balloon's pilot to ensure that course adjustments don't affect a dish. Now, I don't like any of this, but I think that's my first, that's my biggest problem here. You know how we've read dozens of stories of hot air balloons crashing into power lines? Oh, so many. <laughs> like, I don't think keeping your slow-cooked chicken at an even temperature should be the first consideration of the Probably hot air balloon quote-unquote pilot. You could just bring a slow cooker up there. Yeah. Also... I've never been in a hot air balloon. Like, how much space is in this thing? Where are you? Where are you? Where's your kitchen? Oh my god, there's no space up there. The it's basket tiny, is tiny, isn't it? So it's small. Her kitchen is literally like hanging off the side. She's got a little a shelf that overhangs over the edge to give her some bench space. Okay. When guests arrive in the designated takeoff meadow, ridiculous sentence. Schmenk serves them an appetizer, 
such as melon, goat cheese and dried capers, followed by champagne. Meanwhile, a ground crew sets up the large orange and white balloon and attached basket that can accommodate up to 12 people. The basket lays on its side, allowing guests to climb in and lay horizontally until the flame fills the balloon with enough heat to lift everything off the ground and pull passengers upright. Once fully airborne, Schmenk gets cooking. During the flight, Schmenk serves wine and gives more information about her dishes. Standing room only encourages interactions between the chef, pilot, and other diners as the balloon sails above the countryside. Encourages interactions, meaning you are all facing one another. (laughs) It's mandatory to interact because you are like elbow to elbow. You are elbow in armpit to like everyone around you at this point. Uh, Encourages interactions between the chef, pilot, and other diners as the balloon sails above the countryside, taking the view from a cruising altitude that ranges 500 to 2,500 feet. Quote, Sometimes when the clouds are low, we can go right through them, says Schmenk. It's a little bit misty, and we're above the clouds and see the sun shining. That moment is unforgettable. It's amazing for me, after all these years. After serving the third course, Schmenk cleans up as the pilot navigates the balloon to the ground. Landings can range from smooth to bumpy. Back on terra firma, live music welcomes guests back as they enjoy a dessert. Sometimes, Schmenk will even serenade the guests herself with a guitar. Oh, that sounds horrible. Please don't. Don't do that. That sounds awful. Angelique, I am begging you. If you pull out that guitar, I'm running. I'm literally, I'm going to run. I'm jumping. I'm jumping out of the sky. I'm out of the balloon. Fuck. Given the precision necessary for running a successful Cullier voyage, one must ask, does anything ever go wrong? Quote, the challenges are when we have to land earlier, Schmenk says. If the weather turns rough, the pilot will make a safety landing and the chef serves the main course in the meadow. Another time in Cullier's early days, quote, the control for the suspended cooking containers didn't go down. It was stuck in the balloon so we could only eat vegetables. Maybe if all your cooking stuff was down at the level you're at, that wouldn't be a problem. It feels like, yeah, it just wouldn't be a problem if you just cooked it somewhere else. Sometimes the bumps along the way aren't even related to air travel or the food. Marriage proposals are common, though not always well received, Schmenk says. And what happens in the balloon doesn't always stay in the balloon, as was the case with a flyaway black towel that she mistook for a bird. I'd like more detail on that story. I don't understand whether... I don't know what you mean. Ah! It's a bird. No, I just dropped a towel. Crazy. Crazy stuff happens up here. But overall, each voyage delivers an exhilarating experience. The guests are having a great adventure, so all the senses are very open, she explains. Composition of the touching each other, or like having a great time. <laughs> Everyone's sort of like touching their own face, <laughs> sort of starting to cuddle strangers. <laughs> the composition of the food and the flavor combinations must have the same adventurous character. It must not be boring or too soft. It must not be too heavy or have too much cream. But it must be as light and elegant and fresh as ballooning itself. <laughs> oh, it's a f- frivolous fucking people. So there's a price on the website. Oh, no. I'm going to assume that a comma when it comes to euros doesn't mean a comma. It's a decimal point. It's a decimal point. Yeah, right. which is fucking disgusting. It looks heinous. That's fucked up. It looks heinous. So oh, it's roughly 650 Australian dollars. That's not 
as expensive as I thought it would be. Yeah, it was either that or $65,000, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be either. That seems more reasonable. 650 bucks. God damn. It's pretty pricey. Like, it's like it's, yeah, little... but how much does a hot air balloon trip cost? Like, know. if you go into, like, a fancy-ass restaurant with a Michelin-starred chef... Yeah. I just know. don't think the food's going to be that good. No. Well, because she has some limitations, because she's cooking them in a fucking hot air balloon. Mm. It's just like I've never flown like international business class, but they have all the things online about how great the food is. They got all it's this not, fancy though, food. It? It's like it can't be that good. No, you're cooking it's it up there food. in the in the plane galley, like <laughs> you're putting it in the fucking like yeah, the galley microwave or whatever. With all the other shit, like it can't be that good, right? I don't care if it's fucking Angus beef. You still, it's still going to taste like a TV dinner. Mm. Because of how you cooked it and what it is. I mean, if you really want to hot, yeah, just have a cheese board up there, you know? Have you a cheese board. Keep that in a little esky. Have nine wines. Have nine wines oh and a cheese board. Oh, my. That's perfect. It's perfect. And then, you know, if you do happen to be in a crash, your body will be so relaxed. R- relaxed? Relaxed. Your body will be so relaxed, you won't even feel it. You'll just roll with it. That's true. You can get so drunk that if the plane starts descending, having problems with the MCAS and just heading straight toward the ground, you're going to be like, ah, whatever. I had a good life. I had a a great time. I just had a really nice cave-aged cheddar. Mm. I had nine wines. And I got to see a lovely view from the hot air balloon. I don't even care if this train goes directly through my skull imminently, which it will. I got to watch a recent film that wasn't that well received in the box office. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling good. (laughs) Now, I have one more story for us. Mm. Uh, Yeah. This is from Next Star Media Wire. This is also a, it's a plainly speaking story, not a balloonly speaking story, but it's the same theme, so I'm not going to play it again. Stories from Next Star Media Wire. Are airplane seats too small? The FAA wants to know. Okay. The Federal Aviation Administration wants to know. Are airline seats too small? That question has been put before the public as part of a regulatory process mandated by Congress in 2018. Simple Flying reported. Lawmakers directed the FAA to establish a minimum standard size for seats on airplanes, which the agency has yet to do. But after years of inaction, the agency has signaled that it is considering implementing the regulation, USA Today reported. It will open a 90-day public comment period on the issue once the proposed rule is published in the Federal Register. (sighs) What do you fucking think? Like, everyone's going to say yes, they need to be bigger, right? Yeah, holy but they're fuck. they're not. That's why air travel's so cheap, because they're not bigger. <laughs> it's not that cheap. It's not that cheap, but it's cheaper than it used to be, you know? But the they're seats are They're not going to make them bigger. <laughs> they're so fucking small, though. I don't know if you've been sitting on an aircraft recently. Holy fuck. So I'm privileged here, because I'm pretty average height. You're petite. You're I'm petite a woman. Lady. I'm five foot seven. The airplane seats... They're shitter ones, but none of them give me that much grief. I can imagine they're terrible if you're six feet tall. They probably fucking suck. It's it's real bad. I'm in mm. pain, like, the whole time. It's yeah. the fucking worst. I cannot stand them. My knees are always touching the fucking seat in front of me. There's no good place to put my neck. Well, the Can't good do thing shit. is they, you know, made air travel so that you can pay an exorbitant amount to sit in the exit road or get <sighs> business class. 
I, uh, I, I do, I consider doing the exit row thing, um, but I don't like it for two reasons. Mm. One is that I'm no longer able to store my goods under the seat in front of me because yeah. I believe that creates a tripping hazard. Uh, and also because I don't, you have to do more interaction with the... That's true. The, and I feel like I'm being put on the spot. And I, I, I know. It's, yeah. I don't care about actually doing the stuff in the emergency, but when they're like, are you prepared to do this? It's like, I don't know. Oh, am I? Am yeah, I? I guess. I mean, I, I am. I think I would probably... Because all you have to do is like, they tell you how to open the door, right? Yeah. And that's all you got to do. So I'm fine with that. But something about having to interact with them in a way that feels very conspicuous to me, mm. like everyone everyone around me is being like... Everyone's looking at you. Let's see how he answers. And once you're on your eighth one, <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, that guy in the exit row, he's at eight ones. They've been counting. I don't think he should have another. <laughs> I could die. And this man up there has just had his ninth one. <laughs> He's going to trip over that? immediately. He's blocking the exit. Do you reckon if you're in the exit row, they might limit your drinks? They might be like, yeah, I don't mm, know. sir. Maybe. Sir. Maybe eight's enough. If you want to have your ninth, uh, we're going to have to swap you with someone that's back there in like a middle seat. Yeah. You're not going to enjoy it. You I bet you liked having all that leg there. room. Yeah. Should have thought of that nice. before you had your ninth wine, pal. <laughs> The push for larger seats has been ongoing for years as airlines have sought to pack as many passengers on planes as possible. In January, the advocacy organization Flyers Rights, which I believe <laughs> Sorry, you are staunchly pathetic. against, yeah, <laughs> sued the agency for failing to implement the minimum seat standards. Quote, shrinking seat sizes coupled with increasing passenger size. Huh? Coupled with increasing passenger size? Do they mean like like passenger size by weight or do they just mean more passengers? Passengers are getting bigger? Or there's more passengers? <laughs> Unclear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Are you talking increased passenger volume? No, I know. That's still ambiguous. Mm. That's That's crazy. They could probably mean weight. I think you they know? might. Maybe. That's so strange. I did, didn't really think that would be like a trend of any no. kind. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, weird. No wonder. Uh, shrinking seat sizes coupled with increasing passenger size can pose safety and health risks, including for emergency evacuations, according to FliesRights.org and other health and safety experts. The group said in a statement. FliesRights.org has the energy of like FathersRights.org. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we kind of don't have rights as... You don't have rights as passengers. They it's hate a shame. us. They're Which disgusted should... that you're on the plane. They have nothing but contempt for us. I we should nationalise the airlines. Mm. I think so that we do have rights. You know, like as a taxpayer, I'm entitled to be moderately comfortable on a plane. That'd be nice. But right now, nice. I'm not entitled to fucking shit. I've not got my seven kilos of carry on, and if it's a fucking bee's dick over, they will kill me on the spot. Yeah, they they shoot you out the back. Yeah, just some <laughs> lady at the jet stargate, just being like, "Oh, can you just come back to the wet room for a second? It's <laughs> oh, weird. Looks like your luggage is a little bit over. <laughs> oh, it's only a hundred grams. Don't worry about it. Just follow me one just second. Twee little twink <laughs> flight attendant being like, "Looks like your luggage weighs a little bit much." <laughs> hey, precious, um, come with me, real quick. <laughs> Unsheathing a ceremonial blade. <laughs> Slices you in half with a katana. I'm just Thanks, standing honey. there for a second. 
until finally the pieces slide apart. <laughs> the group's president, Paul Hudson, previously said tighter seats can increase the risk of health problems, especially on longer flights. The FAA is concerned about emergency evacuations as well. The agency conducts safety tests in Oklahoma, the points guy reported. <laughs> The These points guy. Real people. I've got to assume that's someone with like a frequent. I think I've flyer. seen it's a website. It's about how like to get the most of your <sighs> frequent flyer miles. I think. Fuck, that's some dweeb shit. That it really is. Uh, to gather data on how efficiently passengers can exit a plane in different seating configurations, the agency has told Congress that the tests show the current level of safety for evacuations remains acceptable. I don't really care about any of this safety shit. I want leg room and to be comfortable. Because if the plane's crashing, if the plane's going down, like, I don't, it doesn't matter if I can access the exit. Like you're a goner anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm saying goodbye. I'm, I'm not counting on like a Sully situation in that I'm not counting scenario. on a castaway situation either. No, not at all. Like, yeah. I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> the slightest <laughs> bit of turbulence and I just start like suffocating myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going. I'm just tapping out now. You guys, good luck. With the emergency landing, it's shadow time for me now. Yeah. I'm going beyond the veil. Going to have my ninth Shiraz and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Putting some emergency poison in my wine. <laughs> oh. Biting down on my tablet. <laughs> Later, fools. I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> Dead in the exit row because I bit down on my cyanide tablet. Nobody's getting past me. <laughs> Got my bag on the floor. I see a flight attendant with a slightly worried look on her face and all of a sudden I've had 12 Padadine Fort and I'm just sculling my wine. I'm out. <laughs> see everybody. <laughs> oh, it was really nice doing this story um, with specifically just you and me uh, because I think if it was any other configuration of us as the host, we would have unilaterally be on the side of flyersrights.org. <laughs> but you are, you're invested in big pilot. That's <laughs> big right. Airline. Big plane, big airline. <laughs> Little passenger, big pilot. <laughs> uh, that technically constitutes an episode of Punta Vista. We did lose Tom halfway through this episode. I should probably... Who's Tom? <laughs> are you going to gaslight me? Do you know how crazy you sound right now? <laughs> Um, he is currently in Edinburgh in Scotland, uh, for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. He is doing, uh, his show that I can't remember the name of, um, but rest assured, it's very good. Javelin. He's doing Javelin. Uh, it is a tremendous show. If you happen to be in the United Kingdom, uh, or- Sorry, firstly. Yeah, I'm sorry sorry if you're lost. (laughs) Uh, if you're in Scotland or Wales or England or uh, any of those other places around there, Europe even, uh, get on over and check that out. Uh, the The internet at the place that he's staying is not very good, so unfortunately... Um, I think he lied. He was going to go to Morrison's and uh, meet a Vicky of his own. <laughs> <laughs> Taking some boater pills. God down there, he's put an enormous eye fillet steak in his basket. Nipping down the Tesco's after taking my boner pills. What a ridiculous people. Guys, stay frosty out there. Stay frosty. I'll see you next week.